Welcome to the Mindset Monday podcast, your favorite mindset podcast of the week. Let's unlock the unlimited potential of your mind on today's third episode of season one. No problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. Albert Einstein. Last episode, we learned about how the mind works from a, let's say, more practical perspective. On today's podcast episode, I am excited to dive deeper into the mind and take a look at different levels of consciousness inside of us. One of the basic mental faculties we have as humans is called introspection. This rather long word comes from the Latin words spicere, which means to look, and intra, which means within. Combined, it means to look inside. Introspection allows us to observe things that are going on inside of us. We can, for example, evaluate what we observe in the outside world, we can consider whether we are hungry or need something, and we can even analyze our own thoughts and emotions. If we look at history, this capacity to do introspection was for quite some time considered to be the whole of psychology as a science. During the 19th century, however, there were several philosophers and poets inside the German Romantic movement, who wrote about something else being present in our minds. Something in the dark depths of our personalities that introspection can simply not reach. The unconscious was first discovered in Paris by Jean-Martin Charcot, who noticed through his hypnosis work with patients that something was going on beyond or many would say below the level of the consciousness. And by the end of the 19th century, psychoanalysis was founded, which is a therapeutic and scientific movement focused on dealing with the unconscious. Sigmund Freud, the famous Austrian neurologist and also the founder of psychoanalysis, and hence also one of the main founders of our modern psychology today, developed a whole model of the mind based on the idea of the unconscious. We'll talk about this model a little bit later in this episode. He claimed that the conscious part of our personality is much smaller and less powerful than the unconscious part. We'll talk more about personality in one of the next episodes. In modern psychoanalysis, the unconscious is seen less as Freud's darker interpretation of it and creativity together with various other positive sides of human personality are also considered to be found in the unconscious. So let's take a look at these different levels of consciousness. We'll start by going over the three different levels of consciousness after which we will then zoom in on each one of them to create a full and complete understanding. As I just said, there are three different levels of human consciousness that can be experienced. 
Let's take a look at an interesting example to understand these three different levels. Let's say you're eating an apple while sitting on a chair. Now, the conscious level enables us as humans to be aware of our surroundings, actions, and experiences. In this case, you're consciously aware that you're sitting on a chair and you're eating an apple. Now, the subconscious level of our mind is present under our consciousness, which means there is a large part of our existence we are completely unaware of. In the case of the example, you're unaware of, for example, your digestive system, your heartbeat, and many other things. The unconscious level of your mind is a kind of storehouse of instincts, urges, desires, and memories that are far beyond our reach. In, again, the case of the example, you might unconsciously feel more at ease and safe while eating an apple because you have a childhood memory of picking apples with your grandparents. Research discovered that every action of which we are unaware can be brought up to a conscious level by becoming aware of it. We can, for example, control our respiration or heartbeat consciously with, of course, the necessary practice. This proves that no matter at which level of consciousness a process happens, it is always you who is doing this. Sometimes you're simply just not aware of it. As mentioned earlier, the famed psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud created a topographical model which shows these three levels of consciousness in the human mind. The conscious, the subconscious, also sometimes called the pre-conscious, and the third level, the unconscious. Freud's iceberg theory is used to describe this topographical model using an iceberg as a helpful metaphor to separate the three levels of consciousness. The top of the iceberg, that which you can see above the water, represents the conscious mind. It's a part of ourselves that we reveal to others. The part of the iceberg submerged below the water, but which is still visible, is called the pre-conscious more commonly known as the subconscious. And then the largest and most influential part, which is unseen deep beneath the waterline, represents the unconscious. This means that just like the iceberg, a very large portion of ourselves is deeply submerged, existing below the surface and hidden, not only from others, but also from our own awareness, although it influences our character and personality on a large level. Let's now take a more in-depth look individually at the three levels of consciousness, starting with the conscious level during this episode and the subconscious and unconscious we'll take a look at in our next podcast episode. So make sure to tune in there. So the conscious level, well, to understand the conscious level of consciousness, let's take a look at a brain condition, which is called hemispatial neglect. Now, hemispatial neglect is a neuropsychological condition 
in which due to damage to one of the hemispheres of the brain, for example, after someone had a stroke, a deficit in attention and awareness towards the side of space opposite from the brain damage is observed. So, for example, if someone would damage their right brain hemisphere, they would become unaware of everything visually present on their left side. Now, they did scientific experiment with patients that have hemispatial neglect, and they showed these patients two different images of a house. One image had a house where the left side of the house was on fire, and one image had a house where the complete house was normal. This is a very obvious difference, but a patient with hemispatial neglect will not be able to tell the difference. And for this patient, these two images would look completely identical. Now, what is very interesting about this experiment is that although it is impossible to notice the difference between the houses, when researchers asked these patients which house would they prefer to live in, the patients with hemispatial neglect chose the house that wasn't on fire, not one time, but again and again and again. This proves that the brain is still processing the information from the whole field of vision. And hence, we can conclude a very important distinction between the brain's processing of information and our experience of that processing. And it's actually that experience of our brain's processing that we call the conscious. The conscious mind consists of all mental processes, sensations, thoughts, and feelings, which we acknowledge and are aware of in the present moment. Our conscious mind makes us aware of our surroundings and ourselves by processing incoming information through, for example, our sensory organs, like we talked about in episode one. And we use our conscious while walking, speaking, and pretty much for all of our daily activities. The conscious mind also takes control over all logical and intellectual thought processes. It's every thought that you are aware of at any given time. The sphere and area of your awareness is varying at different times, since you're not always aware to the same extent, whether external or internal. External awareness throughout history has been mainly important for survival purposes. This is why, for example, in the past, people always took a protection dog because the dog is much more aware than you about the outside, even when you fall asleep. Besides the external world, we are also conscious of our internal selves. We are, for example, aware of an image in much the same way as we are aware of ourselves looking at an image and our thoughts and emotions about that image. But now where does this consciousness come from? Well, a recent theory is that our conscious is the brain's imperfect picture of its own activity. Based on sensory input, the brain builds models. 
which are continuously updated, simplified descriptions of objects and events in the world. They never fully capture every detail of the things they describe. They just capture enough for the brain to determine an appropriate response. For example, our brain's model of the physical body keeps track of the configuration of our limbs, but not of individual cells or even muscles, because that level of information isn't needed to plan movement. If, however, it didn't have the model keeping track of the body size and how it is moving at any moment, we would, of course, quickly injure ourselves. The same way the brain also needs models of itself. The brain has the ability to pay attention to specific objects and events and to control that focus according to our needs. It has the ability, for example, to assess threats, to finish a meal, and so on. To control this focus effectively, the brain needs to construct a model of its own attention. The fact that we have a metaphysical, subjective, conscious experience may come from one of these brain's models. A simplified description of what it means to process information in a focused and deep manner. Neuroscience, using modern technology, is trying to discover how this brain model is formed. One such technology is functional MRI technology, which images your brain and can show what parts are functioning as you have thoughts, feelings, perceptions, and as you make decisions. These MRI studies have compared patterns of neural activity when someone is and isn't conscious of a sensory stimulus, like, for example, an image. The results show that the areas needed for visual processing are activated whether or not the participant is aware of the image. But a whole additional network lights up only when they are conscious of seeing the image, which completely explains and proves the hemispatial neglect experiment that we talked about earlier. Now, the conscious level is figuratively and literally only the top of the iceberg. So make sure to tune into the next podcast episode to uncover the hidden world of the subconscious and the unconscious, which forms the majority of our consciousness. That was the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and got some amazing value. To get notified about new episodes every single Monday, make sure you subscribe to the Mindset Monday podcast. Your favorite mindset podcast, now available on Spotify or wherever you're currently listening. Thanks for listening and see you on the next podcast episode. Let's bring the subconscious into the conscious and unlock your unlimited potential.